The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes ads provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the show, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. www.theparacast.plus. standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg it's so seldom that we hear anything with the word fortian in it and of course obviously it covers a whole host of weird events and many of the things we do fit into that category and we have two guests today tobias and emily wayland and they're involved with the singular Fortean society. And I kind of wonder, Tobias, whether there's any reason why people don't even know what Fort or Fortean means. Boy, you know, that uh, is a, a good question. And it's, it's something I've, I've considered because you're right. Uh, for someone as influential as uh, as Charles as Charles Fort uh, is to the entirety of uh, of, of the, the paranormal field, uh, he doesn't get mentioned a whole lot anymore. And uh, I, I think part of that uh, may be due to to just general ignorance. Um, a lot of people aren't, and, and, and this is by no means meant to be insulting to anybody listening. You know. Uh, all I'm really saying is that I, I don't think that people always put in the the legwork to uh, to research the the influences that have led to some of the things that they take for granted about the the things that they might enjoy. The other part of it, I think, is uh, that there is uh, uh, still this sort of uh, compartmentalization. Of paranormal phenomena, you know, where you've got uh, you've got ghosts and hauntings, you've got UFOs, uh, you you've got Bigfoot, and then you know all other kinds of of cryptids, and any overlap between those categories tends to make people very uncomfortable. Still, not always. I, I, I think that we're moving in the right direction in a lot of, of ways, but it is still something that uh, that that very much is is true about this this field. I mean, I, I remember being at a conference not even that long ago, uh, earlier this summer, and uh, and meeting people, you know, who literally would say things like, "Well, you know." I'm, I'm a big believer in ghosts, but, you know, I thought Bigfoot was all hooey until I was out in the woods and I actually heard something or, you know, something similar. And, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff just kind of still blows my mind. The idea that uh, somebody would consider something ghosts, uh, something like ghosts to be this credible subject. But, you know, something like like Bigfoot, you know, like, boy, that is just a, a bridge too far, I guess. Um, so I, I definitely think that's part of it, too. And congratulations on pronouncing it correctly. Fortian? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't. But obviously, Gene knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So. 
Well, just bear in mind that such people as John Keel, when he was alive, I don't know about now, but when he was alive would recognize me on the street and know me by my name. And honestly, it's interesting uh, to, to mention Keel, too, because, you know, he's seen something of a resurgence in, in popularity as, as of late. Right. And I am adamant about the fact that to understand Keel, and I'm certain that, that, that you know this, but for anybody listening, if you are a fan of John Keel, you can't understand his work, not completely, without understanding Charles Fort because he was so heavily influenced by Fort, you know, and that's how I got into Charles Fort mm. is I grew up reading John Keel, uh, you know, Lauren Coleman, same deal. You know, uh, I, I used to read Brad Steiger all the, the, the time and, and he took a, a sort of Fortian approach in that he would cover all of these, right. these seemingly right. disparate, you know, topics and, and find connections and stuff. But, you know, guys like Keel and, uh, and, and uh, Lauren Coleman, they would mention Fort by name, which is why I was like, well, if this guy was so influential with these authors that I read all the time, I should probably know who he is. And, yeah. and that's what, that's what we got. That, that, boy, I cannot talk. That's what got me started on, on uh, reading Charles Fort. Gotcha. I read Charles Ford, I think, in my late teens, mid to late teens. Mm. So it is something that we look at the things he wrote about, and we're fascinated by them to all these degrees. I don't know whether his presence on this planet would have made a difference, but certainly helped influence researchers to get a more broad picture of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know... I, I can't reckon, uh, uh, recommend, you know, Charles Fort enough to people. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people get intimidated by how old some of his his writing is, because he wrote in the early part of the the, the 20th century. And um, you know, I think a lot of people get sort of turned off knowing that, thinking that it's going to be less comprehensible, it's going to be more difficult to read just because of the style of the time. And I've certainly never found it that way. You know, I've, I've always found Fort to be um, a very sort of leisurely read. You know, his writing style was very yeah. tongue-in-cheek, very humorous. You know, I, I think it's very accessible and, uh, and and I wish people wouldn't wouldn't shy away from it so much um, and and I do think that there's a lot to, to learn in there you know there are some eyes, uh, there, there are some ideas of course that that st- uh, stick out to us in particular um, I think first and foremost being arguably his most famous quote you know you've got uh, one measures a circle beginning anywhere you know sort of to say that by studying one aspect of, of the paranormal be it ufos or bigfoot or ghosts or whatever you can potentially understand something about all of it and you know if i were to sort of uh try to encapsulate the overriding philosophy surrounding most of of charles fort's work and speculations that would probably be it you know i think you can you can get yeah. into that that one quote more or less of course his work is much more prolific than that but that quote in particular is one that that always stuck with me and it applies just as much today as it as it did in you know 1920 oh yeah it's absolutely timeless i remember the sentence of procession of the damned <laughs> I, I love that one, too. You know, I mean, he's referring, of course, specifically to uh, what he called damned data. And so, of course, just like today, when I'm talking about the the 
compartmentalization of the the, the paranormal, this 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 strict separation into into different categories. You see damned data all the time, and so sort of the idea is that there is data that is inconvenient to the prevailing paradigm, and so it is discarded. It is it is relegated to to data hell. And, um, and and cast down, and people don't want to have anything to do with it because it, it challenges their their beliefs, their biases, and I think that's again that's another thing that is just as relevant now as it as it was you know uh, a century ago when when Fort was writing about it. One of the first books that uh, I think that I ever bought myself was uh, Low. And that was back in the days, this would have been in the early 1970s, you know, when you could go to the drugstore and uh, buy a paperback book, uh, 75 cents, I think, is uh, what it cost. And, uh, you know, that that book had a lot of influence you know, on me, leading me to Keel and Brad Steiger and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would I would recommend I, I recommend all of them. I actually I have a, a the the large um, omnibus like Fort uh, a compilation, you know, of all of his works together. But uh, that is a a, a a fan favorite, I think. And, uh, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, Fort, I I think the difference between uh, your experience then and and what might be the common experience now is I don't think people discover Fort. First, you know, I, I think that they they're led to him, you know, through reading the works of of Keel and and other people who who mention him by by name quite frequently. But in reading Keel, I think once you have read Fort, you can see the 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 influence almost immediately. You know, you you look at an idea like ultra terrestrials, for instance, and and it's so easy to tie that to you know fort's cosmic joker you know the idea that there is this almost like omnipresent uh, uh seemingly omniscient power uh behind most experiences we have emily tobias gene and tim you're in the paracast <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. 
Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your trading strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with artificial intelligence. Text the word money to 813-813 and discover how to predict stock market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to get what you need to stay ahead of markets and find your best entries and exits. Text the word money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're talking with Tobias and Emily and Jean and Tim, and we're becoming 40ians here. Or at least Tobias is acquainting us with who that guy was and the people he influenced up to the present day. I saw a good version of his books here, The Complete Writings of Charles Fort, which include The Book of the Dam, New Lands, Low and Wild Talents. It's at Amazon for $17.95. As they say back in Brooklyn, such a deal. Tobias? 
Uh, that is a fantastic deal. Um, I've got sort of an old weathered copy. It's honestly just titled the, the, the book of the dam for some reason, probably because that's uh, arguably his most um, evocative title, but it is the collected works of Charles Fort, you know, so it's got uh, the book of the dam, new lands, low and, uh, and wild talents. But I mean, for $18, you, uh, you really can't beat the, the amount of information you'll, you'll get, uh, you know, in a book like that. And, it's like I was saying, I mean, the, uh, the influence is, um, apparent, you know, when you read, uh, the work of, of people like, uh, like John Keel, you know, um, uh, it's, it's, I, I think that you can see Fort's cosmic joker in like Keel's idea of ultra terrestrials, you know, where you've got this, this, uh, uh, seemingly, um, uh, omnipresent, omniscient, you know, sort of intelligence behind, uh, most paranormal, experiences you know um everything from uh from cryptid seeming uh, to, to 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 seemingly ufos to, to to flying saucer occupants and and uh and and everything else um and you know i i, I don't know that i necessarily agree with the idea that 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 they're all you know projections of uh, created by the, the the same thing but um you can definitely see that the the influence is 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 there you know, and it's 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 there with quite a few researchers, frankly. I mean, you can see it again, uh, like I said earlier, in, in somebody like Lauren Coleman, which you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect based on, I think, the public perception of, of his main interest being cryptozoology. But, you know, if you read something like uh, Mysterious America, uh, for for instance, you'll see uh, there is actually a quite a a, a Fortean bent to it. it. You know, he even goes so far as to compile and list like all of the the, the different uh, famous geographic areas in America that 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 have devil in the name, and and you know that that kind of listing, you know, always struck me as as sort of a, a very Fortean endeavor you know he's 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 finding this this weird fact and this you know uh, mysterious america is just full of stuff like that you know he's finding this weird fact and uh you know this thread and just kind of tugging on it and uh, and and seeing and uh, and just seeing what unravels um and so yeah i i i think that it's it's hard to uh to overstate the the importance of of fort when it comes to sort of where we are with uh with with paranormal research yeah well, one very minor point and that is i was looking this up as we were talking and i didn't realize it that he is credited with coining the term teleportation yeah so every time you have heard Captain Kirk say, Scotty, bring me up. It's Charles Fort's fault. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. Emily, like you were about to say something. I just said that's really cool, and I like how it's like those two worlds colliding, because, I don't know, I'm a big Star Trek fan. Aren't we all, really? Um, but no, I I think that it is, it, it is interesting to, to, to mention that. You know, I, I remember, too, and this was sort of worlds colliding, you know, speaking of, of, of that idea, uh, reading uh, some old H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, I, I want to say it was the story, it was either Whisperer in Darkness or maybe the Dunwich Horror. One of, like, one of those two, but he mentions Fort specifically, you know, as this uh, compiler of, of, of weird stories. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, he's had something of a, a cultural influence rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, just within our our weird sphere of, uh, of, of paranormal endeavors. So, yeah, I think it's very interesting to, to note stuff like that. Folks, let's start at the beginning. Tobias, a proud Fordian. Emily, a proud Fordian. Where did you guys get started in searching out the paranormal? For me... This has been sort of a, a lifetime uh, endeavor. You know, I, I like to tell people that if it wasn't for the things I experienced as a kid, you know, into adulthood, I probably would have been a relatively normal, if, you know, maybe a little bit nerdy guy. But um, that's not how things turned out. Um, uh, since I was a, a child, I uh, have experienced a, a series of seemingly paranormal events in my life and, and and they led me down this this rabbit hole of of Fordiana uh through reading frankly when i was a kid and i i would experience strange things including like uh, shadow people nighttime visitations you know so, uh, just sort of things like that this was you know would have been back in the the 80s and and uh and early to mid 90s and i didn't have a lot of outlets in terms of uh, uh people with whom i could speak or, you know, really anywhere I could turn to try to understand or, or even just unload these uh, experiences. Um, and so I took to going to the library and uh, I would uh, read books by everybody we've mentioned so far. So you think, you know, John Keel and Lauren Coleman and Brad Steiger, Whitley Strieber, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, all of these, these different authors uh, and, and many, many more, of course. And I would read about uh, people's experiences, and uh, and it 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 sort of let me know that I wasn't alone. Uh, you know, there were these other people out there who had experienced things very similar to myself. And I decided then, uh, in my my late twenties, that I wanted to try to give something back. And I, I joined MUFON as a field investigator, you know. So I wanted to try to help people understand their experiences sort of in the, the way that some of these authors had, had helped me. And, uh, and so I did that for several years, and I, I, I decided to leave to, to pursue my, my own uh, interests uh, a little bit more. And then Emily and I met and, and uh, started dating, and, and uh, things got very serious, and, and of course we're married now. And somewhere along the way there, we put our heads together to try to come up with a way that we could contribute to the, the paranormal community. And uh, we came up with the, the Singular Fortean Society, my part of which is as uh, the, the head writer and, and, and editor. And, um, and it's an opportunity for me to do the things for people that writers did for me when, when I was a kid. You know, the idea that I can speak to a, a witness and, and really listen, like listen to them and relate their experience authentically to other people, you know, uh, uh, in, in a way that, that, that really does service to, to them and to their experience means a lot to me. You know what means a lot to us? This set of announcements, but not as much as this show, seriously. <laughs> Emily, Tobias, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Let's face it, food shortages are a real threat now. Supply chain breakdowns, inflation, fuel prices, global conflicts, fertilizer cutbacks, farmers being encouraged not to plant. The stage is set for the peanut butter to hit the fan. But for some reason, Americans are still in denial about food shortages. Listen, we don't take risks with other things in our lives, so why take risks with your food security? Those who know what's coming are using today to prepare. Millions of Americans have purchased Ready Hour Emergency Food from My Patriot Supply, the brand people look for when they're ready for real preparedness. MyPatriotSupply.com is America's largest preparedness company. Get stocked up on emergency food that lasts up to 25 years in storage to get you through tough times ahead. Your other choice is to stand in government food lines hoping for a handout. As we both know, that's not an option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Ukrainian forces mounted a counteroffensive as Russian forces hit residential areas across the country. A Russian rocket attack on the city that is home to Ukrainian forces in the east killed three people and wounded 13 others on Friday. The Russian Defense Ministry claims to have control of a village on the outskirts of the city of Donsk. The Kremlin is seeking to seize Ukrainian-held areas north and west of that city to expand the separatist self-proclaimed republic. The man accused of attacking renowned author Salman Rushdie has pleaded not guilty. 24-year-old Hadi Matar has been charged with attempted murder and assault in a New York state court. Rushdie remains hospitalized on a ventilator. He can't speak and will likely lose an eye. The 75-year-old has been the subject of death threats for more than three decades. It's primary day in Hawaii. Voters there will decide the candidates for governor and other offices. This is USA Radio News. The family of a soldier who was killed at a military base near Killing, Texas, is suing the government. Vanessa Guillen was killed by a fellow soldier in 2020 at Fort Hood. A military investigation found that she was also sexually harassed and that leaders failed to take appropriate action. The lawsuit narrative says that she told family that she didn't report the incidents for fear of retaliation. Her family is seeking $35 million in damages. Several people were hurt Friday evening after a car crashed into an Arlington, Virginia restaurant, which also caused a fire. A gaping hole was seen in front of Ireland's Four Courts pub with smoke pouring out. The building is structurally sound, but it'll be a while before it can be occupied. The family of country singer Naomi Judd asked a court to seal police records and recordings related to the investigation into her death. The petition in Williamson County Chancery Court in Tennessee said releasing the records would inflict significant trauma and irreparable harm. You are listening to USA Radio News. In the 1800s, there were 160 spas set up in Europe to dispense fresh liquid whey. The sick would recover their health and the age would become rejuvenated. There's only one whey protein powder on the market that can generate and surpass the results seen in the whey spas in Europe. But first, let me tell you the story of 90-year-old Mary, who was semi-bedridden and in hospice care. Mary had been consuming only a pea protein and pasteurized milk drink. Then Mary was put on to Green Meadow Whey mixed with raw milk. She was given two to three whey drinks per day. On the very first day, Mary was up and came into the kitchen and made chicken soup. She was on her feet for many hours. Three days later, Mary had gained two and a half pounds of healthy weight. Green Meadow Way is health giving to both young and old. Green Meadow Way is guaranteed to make you feel better, stronger, reduce your inflammation, 
and eliminate virtually all toxins from your body without feeling sick. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I guess all of us are in a similar category. Fordian involvement, Emily and Tobias are here, and Tobias has been telling us what got him introduced to the subject? Emily, you've got a story? Um, kind of. I would say that, you know, it always started out as like a curiosity for me. I, and I can't explain why I was always interested in it, but I'd see like UFO books at the school library and or like a Nessie book and just kind of pick it out. And I grew up in kind of like a super scientific family. So, of course, you know, that kind of got shrugged off. No offense to anybody. But I can't explain why I was always interested in them at a surface level. I just always was intrigued by it. It just was fascinating to me. And in my 20s, I did have my experience. Um, My grandfather had passed in the fall of 2011. And in the following spring, I had been going through some stuff. And I wasn't sleeping very well. You know how nights are when you're sleepless. You can kind of come in and out of sleep. And one night I was kind of like waking up, kind of physically getting up out of bed a little, like kind of sitting up in my bed. And I saw a shadow figure on the other side of my room where I was staying at the time. And I could pick out features that were made me think it was my grandpa. Um, I could see his comb over hair. I could see his glasses, his um, cleft chin, a very recognizable sweater. And then he said it'll be okay, honey. I remember feeling comforted and I laid down and I don't really remember him coming or going. And for years I dismissed that as a dream. Cause I think when you are grown up to kind of think that it's easy for you to shrug things off. And it makes me wonder how many other things that might have, might have occurred that I've also shrugged off. So I think my interest went deeper is a little bit of a cliche. I think a lot of people get into this to try to kind of figure out the answer of what happens after death. But once I met Tobias, um, a lot of these phenomena overlap and it's a lot more than what it seems. Like I used to dismiss Bigfoot as like more of an undiscovered biological species rather than other possibilities. So that's basically my story right there. The rest is history. Did you guys meet on some kind of Fordian hunt or what? No, um, although there is, you know, possibly a, a, a synchronicitous element to yeah. our, our meeting. We actually met on an online dating site. And what's interesting is we, we met on it twice. The, the first time we had planned, like we were in the process of planning our first date and it just kind of fell through mm-hmm. and then we lost track of each other and and that was it and we kind of went our separate ways for several years yeah and uh and then we both found ourselves single again and back on the the, the very same 
dating site mm-hmm. and met each other again and decided to, to go out. And uh, I don't think like either one of us immediately realized that we had already met on this no, dating I don't site. Think it was sometime so. later yeah. that it actually clicked that, that we absolutely had on our uh, very first date. Now, keep in mind that I had uh, decided some time ago that I, I very much was was going to, to to wear my weirdness on my sleeve and make it very clear to, to any uh, potential partners that um, that I was into this stuff. I, I wasn't ever going to not be into this stuff. And so that's just kind of just is what it is. On our very first date, I remember they, uh, Emily had surprised me by mentioning this strange phenomenon that is actually relatively nearby where where, where we lived. Uh, at the time, we lived in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, she told me about the Paulding light. Now, yeah. I had never heard of the, the Paulding light, but it's a, a ghost light up in the upper peninsula of, of Michigan. It's right across the, the, the border from Wisconsin, and uh, essentially it's this light that uh, I don't. I think some people ascribe to uh, a ghostly figure holding a lantern, or maybe they say it's a it's ghost, like ghost child. Ghost child. This, yeah. yeah. There, there, there. Of course, are a variety of narratives surrounding this this phenomenon. But, uh, but yeah, I, I had never heard of it, and I was very impressed. And uh, and here we are, almost what seven seven years later. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still together. Which in this day and age may also be a miracle. <laughs> Do you have kids? No, 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 no kids yet. We have uh, we have two cats, two dogs, and one lizard. One of the cats was saying hello earlier. That's Umbra. <laughs> She's our little black cat. A black cat, of course. Of course. You know, right. so many people who get interested in the paranormal have experiences really young, like five, ten years old, younger. But you're mm-hmm. telling me of something or things that happened later in your life. Anything in your early childhoods that you could remember that might be significant? For me, uh, some of my oldest memories are of uh, seemingly paranormal events in in my life. You know, I, I had always seen weird things uh, around my, my parents' house, um, you know, shadow people and such. From the, the time I was very, very young, you know, uh, you know, young, single digits, I um, was always terrified to go to to bed. You know, I didn't want to stay up late because I wasn't tired or I wanted to hang out or anything. I was just terrified specifically to go to bed because I would have what I can only describe as as nighttime visitations by by something. You know, I, I have memories uh, from when, again, I was very, very young, think, you know, three, four, five years old. Uh, being in bed, and I would sleep with the covers over my head, of course, trying to form some sort of protective barrier between uh, my, myself and and uh, whatever was accosting me, of course, often to no avail. And I would, I, I remember seeing what looked like hands pressing in on this, uh, this sheet from the outside or feeling something digging into my rib, like my, my, my ribs or the, the, the feeling of, of, of being lifted up out of bed. And of course, like those memories are from when I was very, very young. And so they're, they're fairly fragmented. Um, but that stuff never really stopped. Uh, you know, as, as recently as uh, what 2020, I, I've had 
similar bizarre experiences. I can give you an, an example. Um, Emily and I were in, in bed one night and, uh, and I woke up because she was very restlessly tossing and turning. And now something about Emily uh, is that she will talk in, in her sleep. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I woke up, I turned over, I looked at her and she was tossing and turning. And, and I said, you know, sweetheart, are, are you okay? And uh, she started saying some gibberish. And I figured out very quickly that she was just talking in her sleep and, and everything was fine. And so, uh, and so I, I rolled back over to, to go back to sleep. And uh, I, I was on my stomach with my, my face looking to the, the, the left. And I, I sleep like that a lot. As soon as I had rolled back over, I see this hand come out of the, the periphery of my vision. And it looks like this sort of black, scaly, but otherwise humanoid hand. And as soon as I see it, I have that old familiar feeling of something digging into my sides and then uh, trying to lift me out of bed. And of course, I, I panicked in, in that moment. And I started frantically flailing. And, uh, and, and when I did, I was flailing at whatever was trying to, to pick me up. And I felt my hands contact something solid. You know, it felt like there was a, something physical there. And when I hit it, um, I saw the hand in front of my face sort of slowly recede. And then, and then everything was just gone. And, uh, and the reason I mentioned that specifically is because that feeling of, you know, something digging into my sides, trying to sort of get underneath me and pick me up is something that I had felt in my, my, my childhood. It was, you know, those, those fragmented memories of, of being so young and, and having, you know, that, that same sort of uh, experience only played out when uh, I was much, much older. And the, the, the memory is, is so much more um, uh, full. We got some full announcements to present to you right now. We're talking with Tobias, Emily, Tim, and Jean. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthrodex for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Screenwriter, producer, you're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Continuing with our exploration at the genesis of two Fortean researchers, Tobias and Emily Leyland, they have something called the Singular Fortean Society. Is this something where you have a bunch of members, or is it basically you folks doing your thing? Well, we, we certainly uh, encourage participation. Uh, we, we do have a, a membership program through Patreon uh, that has various, you know, tiers built around people's potential uh, uh, interest and, and, and level of participation. You know, even beyond that, we, we try to encourage discussion and involvement from everybody interested in this stuff. And so, you know, of course, we try to cultivate social media communities, give people sort of a, a, a safe space where they can discuss this stuff free of judgment. And that, that sort of built into the, the name that, uh, that we decided on. Uh, so the, the, the singular Fortean society, of course, we've discussed at, at, at length what, you know, Fortean 
means, but uh, singular is is one that sometimes people get get caught up on. And so, yes, it can mean one, you know, like one singular thing, but uh, it can also mean unique or remarkable. And and that's the definition that I like to apply when we're talking about the the singular Fortean society. And so, sort of the idea is that. Everybody is unique. Everybody is remarkable. And uh, and we all have a perspective that is valuable when examining these, these subjects. And so the goal then is to have a society uh, comprised of singular Fortians, you know, all of these different people who share sort of a, a, a common uh, mindset in terms of looking at these phenomena holistically, but at the same time have their own unique and remarkable perspective to apply to these phenomena. And then hopefully by, uh, you know, aggregating all of these different perspectives, we can get a better view and hopefully a, a better understanding of the, the weird things that, that we study. I want to go back uh, uh, just uh, uh, briefly. You were talking about um, your personal experiences. And I'm just curious, uh, 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 Tobias, Emily, if other members of your family have also had uh, uh, these kinds of experiences. Because you well know that uh, a lot of this stuff has a tendency to run in families. Sure. Um, I can give you another example of an anomalous experience that happened to me. And, uh, and it'll tie in then to in, in an experience that one of my family members had. Um, this would have been in my early 20s. And, uh, and I, was, I was sort of like a lot of people uh, tend to be in their early 20s, sort of deciding what I, I wanted to do. So I was living at, at my parents' house for a little while. And, uh, and I went to bed normally. And I remember waking up that night. Uh, and there was no obvious stimulus that, uh, that should have awoken me. Like, I, you know, I didn't notice any lar- like loud sounds or, you know, particularly bright lights or anything. And so I, I wake up, and, and we lived out in the suburbs. It was some prairie, Wisconsin. And, um, and so there was some ambient light, you know, coming in through the, the uh, window. And uh, so I was able to sort of see everything in my room, or at least it's, it's silhouettes. And I noticed immediately that I had a, a sort of skewed perspective on everything. And it took me a second to realize that the reason for that was because I seemed to be floating above my bed um, by, you know, at, at, at least two or three feet. And, uh, and so I'm not paralyzed. I, I can move. And I... But in that moment, I sort of decided it's probably not a great idea to move too much considering the, the current circumstance. And so um, I, uh, I turned my head to my left. And when I do, I see this uh, shadowy figure. It really looked like just the, the uh, completely black silhouette of uh, uh, otherwise normal man. I didn't notice any clothing or anything. Um, and um, so this figure is standing next to me. And... I get the distinct impression that I'm probably not supposed to be awake for this. And um, so I look at it, and as I, I, I do, it reaches its hand out and puts it on my chest. And I always interpreted that as, as, as being you know, comforting, but I, I can't possibly guess at, at the thing's actual motivation for doing so. And uh, so it places its hand on my chest, and I'm then lowered back down to my bed, and, and it just vanishes. Then, then it's just gone. And uh, interestingly enough, at, um, at, at that time, of course, this isn't something that I talked about very openly with my, my family. It would be 
probably until, you know, Emily and I started the Singular 40 in Society, and then I wrote my first book in 2019. And then really since then, we've, we've been more open talking about it. But before that, not, not so much. And uh, so several years or some time after that, uh, I was in Ohio with my family for my cousin's wedding. And so my, my, my brother and I um, were uh, drinking at the reception, of course. And so afterwards, we decided, because we're in a town that uh, we didn't really know anybody other than our family, and they had all you know gone, gone home or, or back to their respective hotels, that we were going to go out to the, the, the bar because it was still relatively early. And so we did. And while we were there, I, uh, I, I turned to my brother and, um, you know, after a, a few beers and I said, hey, you know, have you ever seen anything weird at mom and dad's house? You know, just sort of making conversation. And uh, he said, uh, well, there was one time where I, I remember waking up and I saw this like black shadowy figure standing next to my bed. But, you know, I always just assumed that it was a dream or something. And so I just rolled back over and, and, and went right back to sleep. And uh, he had no idea what, what I had uh, experienced prior to that. None, because, of course, we'd never talked about it because I never talked about it with, with anybody until relatively recently. Um, but uh, but, but uh, that always stuck with me. I, I remember, too, my, my sister uh, relatively recently, within the past uh, several years, had come to me to say that she had seen uh, a shadow person in my parents' uh, uh, living room. And, um, and so, you know, she thought that was odd and, and she wondered if maybe it was the spirit of our, our deceased grandmother to, you know, coming back and visiting. And I, I didn't think it was, but I didn't say that uh, of course, because I, I didn't know that it wasn't and there was no reason to disabuse her of the notion um, if, if, if I don't have to, but, um, but yeah, I thought, I always thought that, that, that was weird, especially the, 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 the one with my brother, you know, uh, having something. So he wasn't floating or anything, but having something so similar standing next to his bed. What about you, Emily? Um, I would kind of say that, you know, it's possible, but I don't really know of any, and that's it's kind of the same reason Tobias gave that you just don't really talk about it. I do mm-hmm. know one family member, my one of my aunts on my mom's side, um, has seen a shadow person in her house, and I'm hoping I'm getting this right. So she used to work at a school with troubled children, and I think one of the kids would stay at her house on occasion that where the mother had passed away and it was only when he was staying at her house that the shadow figure would arrive and she doesn't she said she didn't know why but she sensed that it was the passed on mother so one time she'd seen it not really said anything or you know really acknowledged it too much but one time she saw it and she just said out loud He's doing okay. Thank you for checking on him. We're, we're taking care of him. And she never saw it again. Hmm. So that's the only one that I know of. And I hope I got the details of that right. Because <laughs> she told me that several years ago at this point. But that's the only one that I know of. Well, that, that, that is interesting. I should mention, too, 
that I, I had an, an uncle, my uncle Joe, who had had a couple of anomalous experiences in his life as well. And, and once he found out that this was something that I investigated and, and wrote about, um, he, he came to me and, and told me them. And I think probably the, by far the more unusual one that he told me about was uh, being a, a kid in rural Illinois and uh, being out in a field one day and seeing this this UFO and by UFO I mean unidentified flying object, uh, not not uh, anything else. Um, and uh, and he he described it as looking like uh, uh, sort of a classic like meteorite, like a yeah. so like a, a spherical rock basically that sort of flew uh, to close enough where he could could get a decent look at it and make out those details and um and then stopped and you know and, and took off and i always thought that was weird because that's not anything i've ever heard anybody describe before no. you know you get a lot of different craft when people talk let's do a break here guys we have emily and tobias and gene and tim we're in the world of fortiana you're in the Pericast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs and dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. What kind of help does the IRS have for identity theft victims? If you suspect you're a victim of tax-related identity theft, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn how to prevent potential refund fraud and protect your tax account. At the IRS, combating tax-related identity theft is a top priority, and we are committed to prevention, detection, and assisting victims, and we're working with law enforcement to catch the criminals. For more info, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn what the IRS is doing to help protect you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. 
We continue exploring the amazing cases encountered and reported by our guests Tobias and Emily Wayland. They're with the Singular Fortean Society, where they collect a lot of this stuff. Do you guys get to do a lot of on-site investigations? We do. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, obviously 2020 and a good portion of, of 2021 that yeah. was, was restricted. Um, but, you know, yeah, it is something we've always tried to do is uh, is get out and, and, and get out to sighting locations and, and uh, even areas that just have, like, reported sightings, um, mm-hmm. it, regardless of how old they are, uh, just as a... Uh, in an investigative endeavor to go out and, and see if there's anything to to be seen, but um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got a couple of uh, of on-site investigations coming up. Actually, I, I spoke to a witness in Madison, Wisconsin, relatively recently, who said that he was at a a dog park of all places, uh, right in in Madison, near the. For anybody familiar with Madison, this would be near the um, Alliance Energy Center. And uh, he was at the the dog park out there, which, which is a, a, a wide open space. You know, it's a lot of green space. And then it's got, you know, some, some woods and a creek and everything. And uh, he had his dog, of course. And he also had his uh, infant son. So while he was at the, the, the dog park, of course, his dog is running around playing. He happens to look over in the woods, and, and this was maybe 9 a.m. or something. And he said he saw what, you know, what he described as a sort of bulky black figure uh, sort of peek out from behind some, some trees. And he described it as having shoulders so broad that they almost look like shoulder pads, like football shoulder pads. And then it had this sort of bulkiness to its body that he, you know, he couldn't tell if if it had something wrapped around it. You know, of course his mind went to some very weird places, you know, he sort of speculated that, you know, maybe it had wings wrapped around it or something, but it could have been a lot of things, maybe a a cloak or, or something similar. And that he saw this thing and then he was momentarily distracted having to pay attention to what his dog was doing. And, and he looked back and, and it was gone. But what was interesting or, one of the things that was interesting about this particular sighting is he said when he was looking at the thing, um, it certainly noticed him and, uh, and seemed to take steps to sort of make itself less obvious as soon as he noticed it, um, you know, sort of like got lower, like flattened out a little bit. And so that's an area that, that Emily and I are, are very familiar with. And so, you know, we're, our, our plan is to, to head out there and poke around a little bit, you know, just hearing his testimony, you know, there are prosaic uh, explanations that I, I think are possible here. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe it was like a homeless person or something who had been sleeping back there. Maybe they had a sleeping bag or something wrapped around them. And, and that was it. And so, you know, if, if, if we go back in, in, into the woods there and see any signs of habitation, you know, um, then I think there's, there's a distinct possibility that, that, that was it, but, uh, but who knows really, it was an interesting enough sighting. There's another, uh, sighting report we received recently of a, a winged humanoid down in, uh, Rockford. That's only about 45 minutes to us in Illinois, just, just over the, the border. And, uh, and that's one that we need to go 
you know, and, and, and kind of check out. That was one where a, a woman was with her mother, and this would have been at, at nighttime, which is the, the normal time they usually expect for people to have monster sightings and, and, and stuff, of course. And uh, and she said that they saw this this winged humanoid, you know, this humanoid with uh, with these large wings, uh, flying out of some trees and sort of along this canal behind their apartment building. This wasn't like a, a, a repeated encounter or anything, but you know, again, we like to go out to these areas regardless of of whether or not I think there's a high chance of repeatability for the actual anomalous experience, um, because it's good to get the, the the lay of the land. I think that for things like the the winged humanoid sighting, of course, like getting a, a general sense of of how isolated the area is, any potential. Uh, places where something could sort of creep around or hide, or even if there, you know, if there's a lot of, uh, you know, large birds or something that like to roost in that canal, like all of those things would be interesting to us to know, you know, when um, in investigating something like that, because you you can't stop with somebody's testimony. At the very least, you know, we want to. Uh, verify all of the details that, that that we can you know like everything that's really verifiable so you think in uh in terms of like historical weather data and uh and geographic data and, and stuff like that where um at, at the very least we can say well everything that it's possible to check about their story you know checks out and so you know maybe the rest of it is true too well you, you know you're certainly in a great location because, you know, Wisconsin, uh, uh, northern Illinois, uh, over to uh, you know, Iowa. I mean, that, uh, those areas have been a hotbed of, of, of uh, uh, cryptid activity for years. Oh, certainly. One of the things that, that we've been investigating that's taken up quite a bit of our time since 2017 have been uh, winged humanoid uh, reports around Lake Michigan. Um, and those reports have come from, you know, of course, perhaps most famously from the, the Chicago land area. But really, you know, I think some of the most credible reports have come from outside of that. So, yeah, you have stuff, you know, in, in northern Illinois, really all of Illinois. Um, and then, you know, uh, southern and southeastern Wisconsin, uh, uh, northern Indiana, uh, well, northern and, and western uh, in, in Indiana, but also like around areas like Mun- uh, Muncie, the Prairie Creek Reservoir. Um, there were some interesting sightings out there, and uh, and then you know, of course, uh, specifically in southeastern Wisconsin, you've got the the Kettle Moraine State Forest, and and, uh, and so- southeastern Wisconsin is is renowned for a number of sightings, uh, including Bigfoot, and of course uh, the the Beast of, of Bray Road, which is probably Wisconsin's most most famous cryptid or series of cryptid encounters anyway. And, uh, and so you get Bigfoot and, and Dogman sightings and, and even stranger things in, uh, in southeastern Wisconsin, but especially along the Kettle Moraine State Forest, that whole Ice Age glacial trail that goes from southeastern Wisconsin all the way up north. Uh, just all along that, you get a, a variety of, of, of strange creature sightings for whatever reason. Your first book uh, uh, dealt exclusively with the uh, the winged weirdos. And uh, I, I know from uh, previous conversations that uh, 
some of your investigations, especially dealing with the ones that happened around uh, the Chicago area, have been uh, rather frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that that is absolutely correct. You know, there are a lot of good, credible sightings that we've received, but there have been a lot of other sightings where it has been very difficult to to follow up with with witnesses. Um, and well, that, that honestly, that was a big, um, I, I should say, much of the impetus uh, for writing the Lake Michigan Mothman was because. I, I, I saw people trying to, um, you know, make all of these inferences and things based on the idea that all of the, the reports were sort of equally valid, right? Like they were, they're all equally credible and, and should all be treated that way. And, and that isn't correct um, in my opinion, because there were some that we were able to follow up on quite well. And some of them that, just weren't followed up on much at all. And that isn't an indictment against any investigator or anything. I mean, certainly everybody followed up on things as well as they could. But if uh, if you have limited contact with a, a witness and um, they just sort of disappear, you know, whatever you're, you're left with is the investigation at that point. We'll be back momentarily with Emily and Tobias and Gene and Tim. You're in the podcast. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you experience fatigue when you know you should have energy? One reason fatigue can occur is due to a lack of antioxidants in the body. This deficiency happens the older we get or due to eating an unhealthy diet or even due to exercise. Your body's number one antioxidant is glutathione. When your cells are depleted of glutathione, you will be fatigued, inflamed, possibly depressed, and may also feel pain. Empirical results indicate that consuming green metal whey protein powder is the most effective means of increasing glutathione production. Green metal whey supplies nature's richest source of the precursor to making glutathione within the trillions of cells of your body. This protein strongly supports the cell's ability to make glutathione. Add to this that Green Meadow Way also supports immunity, energy, lean muscle development, fat loss, and has anti-cancer properties, and you have nature's most complete and strongest superfood. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325.
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Cheering extras. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. I'm about to give you a life-changing URL that if you will simply visit it and give these tax consultants a call, it will change your life. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a millionaire, almost no one out there is taking advantage of legal, lawful tax loopholes. Go to GCNTaxCut.com. that takes you right to America Tax Solutions, and they will give you an amazing preview of what they can do for you. GCNTaxCut.com. GCNTaxCut.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, when it's difficult to bias to follow up on a case, is it because people are just making it up, wanting to get in on the action? You know, that's that's a good question. And uh, and it's certainly something to consider. Um, I, I will say this. I don't have any uh, firm evidence to support the idea that um, there have been people hoaxing, citing reports. However, um, I'm also uh, not willing to lend my credibility to the idea that citing reports in which uh, we were not able to investigate them to my standards are, are credible reports. And so they're sort of just in this weird in between, you know, uh, somewhere between uh, real and imaginary where we just we, we don't know if uh, if they're valid or not. So I understand completely if somebody wanted to disregard those. If somebody was like, well, you know what, um, that wasn't really followed up on super well. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't think it's of much use. I think that is a perfectly reasonable way to look at, at something like that. I would draw the line at anybody making any sort of firm determination about those sightings, because the fact is we just don't know. There are 
multiple reasons why somebody might cut off contact. Um, many people are very, very reluctant to come forward with their experience. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if somebody just wanted to be heard and they didn't really want a lot of contact with an investigator because they were uncomfortable. Uh, people can be very shy. These experiences tend to be a little embarrassing for uh, a lot of people to, to talk about, not because the experience itself is embarrassing, but because they're worried that somebody is going to make fun of them for talking about it. And so they, they've gotten so used to not talking about it and so used to uh, when they do talk about it being made fun of that I think it's understandable why they would be a little reluctant to, to really put themselves out there. And so I think some people might see, you know, an article that we published or something um, uh, about these things or, or somebody else publishing articles, you know, be it Lon over at Phantoms and Monsters or Manuel at UFO Clearinghouse or, or anybody else writing about this stuff. And then we've had some friends pass along reports to us um, from, from other sites. And so they might see something about, this investigation, or at least one of the, the cases within it, and, uh, and say, well, you know, I saw something weird, and uh, maybe send a, just a one-off email or something, but they don't really necessarily want to talk about it. Um, or people change their mind. You know, maybe they were ready to, they, they thought they were ready to talk about it, but it, it comes time to actually, you know, speak with an uh, investigator and people get cold feet. You know, it's weird talking to a stranger on the phone about about something that uh, that you think there's this stigma around and, and, and you're used to being mocked over. And so there, like I said, there's a lot of different possibilities for those reports. And so I think the only honest thing we can do, the only honest way we can go about it is to say, I don't know when it comes to those. And, uh, and if we can learn anything from them, like, let's say, they generally support a profile of sighting that we're getting from more credible cases where we do have extensive contact with witnesses and we're able to get out to the, the sighting location and, and, and dig around and, and all of that stuff. Then I think they have some value there, but yeah, overall, um, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on those. And that's why when I talk about this, uh, this investigation too, I don't spend as much time on like the urban Chicago area, because a lot of those sightings, I think, are the least credible in terms of, um, you know, how much follow up there, there was, the level of communication with the witnesses, you know, so on and so forth. The absolute best sightings that we've received, uh, where we really were able to, to dig into them and, and talk to witnesses and go out to sighting areas and stuff, were all in either southeastern Wisconsin or like northern Illinois, you know, outside of, of Chicago, you know, of course I've also talked to uh, witnesses in, in Indiana and, and things like that. But, you know, in terms of the, the sightings um, within the very developed area of, they have the largest percentage of sort of problematic reports where, where I, I can't really make a firm uh, determination one way or another due to lack of, of data. And so, you know, I just, think that it's probably more fruitful to go in, in, in other directions and concentrate on those too much. I will say this as well. When it comes to the actual like urban center of Chicago, when there are reports coming out of that area, they have they also seem to have the highest probability of being misidentified 
large bird species. You know, I can give you an example. In May of 2018, there was a gentleman uh, who was riding his bike to work. He worked uh, in the, the Pilsen neighborhood of, uh, of Chicago. And he noticed on his way to work, this would have been sometime in the afternoon, uh, he saw this uh, gentleman and, and this, this lady standing on the street corner pointing at something in, in the sky. And so he looks up and he sees what he would later describe to me as uh, uh, this sort of bat-like creature that resembled nothing more than a, a man in a wingsuit. And so luckily, this guy, he's got a GoPro camera on his helmet, and he decides that he's going to follow this thing around at least for as long as he can without being late to work and uh, get as much footage of it as he can. And he was very forthcoming with that footage. He even sent us the original uh, uh, SD card and, and everything. So he, he wasn't trying to hide anything. And with his help, uh, we were able to isolate a few good stills of this creature, you know, out of his, his footage. And, um, you know, we took a look at it and we blew him up and, and, and everything. And, uh, and it's a bird. I mean, I, I am convinced 100% that it was a large bird. I would guess something like a great blue heron, you know, just based on its silhouette because it looked like it had its head kind of pulled back like a heron does. And, uh, and, and, and it looked big. And I, I don't begrudge this witness for thinking that it was something stranger. And, but, uh, but I think it was definitely a, a bird. And in speaking with him, I am also convinced that what he had – for him was an anomalous experience. I am similarly convinced that he was authentically relating his experience as he perceived it to me when I spoke to him. I don't think he was trying to hide anything. People who are trying to hide things don't send you the original SD card that a video is on or anything like that. And so there's a distinct possibility that a good portion, and I, I would estimate, you know, 40 to 45% of the the overall sightings and, and the majority of, of these misidentifications um or I'm, I'm sorry i should probably finish or complete my first thought before i move on to the next one probably 40 to 45 percent of uh, of the overall sightings could be misidentified birds and uh, and the greatest majority of that 40 to 45 percent would be uh, cases that uh, that were, were reported out of um, the the urban Chicago area, and the reason for that is actually pretty interesting. If you're into like ecology or, or anything like that, before you go into that explanation as to why that part of Chicago, the urban area, would engender this type of report, we're going to break with Gene and Tim and Emily and Tobias. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Renowned author Salman Rushdie remains hospitalized as his attacker is formally charged in a courtroom in western New York. 24-year-old Hadi Matar pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and assault for his alleged attack on the 75-year-old Rushdie. Rushdie remains hospitalized on a ventilator and will likely lose an eye. He has been the subject of death threats for more than three decades since his novel, The Satanic Verses, was released. Former President Donald Trump said the trove of documents taken from his Florida estate had been declassified. According to an inventory taken, FBI agents took about 20 boxes of items from Mar-a-Lago, including a variety of classified materials. The warrant used to execute the search was unsealed Friday. Trump wrote that all of the materials taken were declassified and that federal agents didn't have to seize anything, accusing authorities of playing politics. This is USA Radio News. The family of a soldier who was killed at a military base near Killing, Texas, is suing the government. Vanessa Guillen was killed by a fellow soldier in 2020 at Fort Hood. A military investigation found that she was also sexually harassed and that leaders failed to take appropriate action. The lawsuit narrative says she told family that she didn't report the incidents, fearing retaliation. Her family is seeking $35 million. The State Department is telling citizens in Mexico to shelter in place due to fires, roadblocks, and police activity in several towns, including Tijuana, Mexicali, and Rosarito. The towns are in the Mexican state of Baja, California, where gang violence erupted late Friday and early Saturday. The U.S. consulate asking citizens to take multiple steps to protect themselves. Exercise bike maker Peloton told employees that 780 jobs will be cut, prices are going up, and a significant number of its stores will be closing in a bid to become profitable. You're listening to USA Radio News. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe. But some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like West Nile virus and Zika virus. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at pestworld.org. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Tobias, okay, what is it about that part of the 
urban area, Chicago, my kind of town. Sure. What? <laughs> I, mean, it's, I don't it's, know. It's, I just couldn't stop. You know, you can have a really a really nice day going there oh, yeah. to try to find uh, Mothman or whatever. Just make sure you hit some of the uh, uh, museums and stuff first. Um, but uh, so what a lot of people don't know is that because of climate change and the, the destruction of their, their wetland habitats, um, there have been more large bird species than ever roosting right. actually in Chicago. Uh, and so... The, the population of, uh, of herons, for instance, roosting in, in Chicago, in places like Lincoln Park, so like, you know, in Chicago, um, has exploded in the past 10, 12 years, you know, by, by, by orders of magnitude. And so I think what's happening is in some of these cases, now, again, for anybody listening who is immediately upset, uh, this is not my Sandhill Crane moment. I'm not explaining away Mothman as a Sandhill Crane or, or anything else similarly ridiculous. But, but, you know, if we don't explain the things we can, why would anybody believe us about the, the things we can't? And yeah. so just for some of these cases, there's good evidence that, that, that they are misidentified birds. And so what I think is happening is you've got this population of uh, herons in Chicago, in this urban center, that has exploded uh, over the past decade. And you've got a, a lot more people seeing uh, these large birds that, that aren't necessarily used to seeing them, specifically in flight. Like, it's not that weird to see a, a crane or a heron or, or whatever, but they are, you know, they're, they're largely ground birds. That's where they hunt and, and live and everything. And, and they normally just fly to get to, to, to place to place. And so I think that what you're seeing is people who aren't used to seeing these birds in flight suddenly, uh, because of the population explosion in this area, are seeing a lot more of them in flight. Mm. And, uh, and, and that's very alien to them. And so it's led to uh, misidentifications from people, you know, who are otherwise honest, you know, just regular people, not out to scam anybody, but they really have seen something that uh, that they just can't explain. What about cases that, uh, you know, you personally, you two personally investigated? I mean, uh, any of them stand out uh, to you as being really compelling? Oh, definitely. There's definitely a couple. Yeah, I mean, um, there are a couple that that stand out. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that I think Emily and I could both uh, agree on would be uh, Woodstock, yeah. Illinois. This would have been uh, February of twenty nineteen, two thousand nineteen. Thank you. Um, there was a gentleman in Woodstock, Illinois, who had uh, run out for uh, just running a normal errand, and, and this is this is so common. Like most people do not set out to encounter a, a monster, right? Uh, this guy was just running out for milk. He went he went down the road to the the, the local Walgreens and he bought his milk. It's uh, just after eight p.m. on a, a uh, in Illinois evening in February, so it's completely dark out at that point. And as he's headed home, he's passing the opening to the Dewfield Pond uh, Conservation Area. As he's pulling up on it, you know, in his headlights, he sees this thing step uh, step out onto the road in front of him. And he described it as this large hairy humanoid, um, you know, somewhere around seven or eight feet tall. And he said that at first he thought, you know, it was a Bigfoot or something. And then he noticed it had these large leathery wings. 
and it walked out into the road in, in front of him and he caught it full on his like in his headlights for for several seconds as it crossed the road and then it crossed the road and went between this house and this line of trees and then behind this house is uh is the uh McHenry County Fairgrounds and then behind that is it's all farmland and, and woods and stuff and so uh, this thing crossed the road and was gone basically and you know i was i was put onto this case by uh, by lon uh, lon strickler over at phantoms and monsters and I, I spoke to the witness over the phone first and it was agreed that uh, that emily and i should probably you know go down there and and uh, and take a look around and he was very gracious and and uh, and, and hospitable um in terms of of that and so we did and uh, we went down there we met him we met his wife and they they took us out to the the sighting area showed us um uh, around dewfield pond there was still some snow on the ground and and some ice and uh, while we were out there you know i noticed a lot of the sort of tracks that you would expect uh, there were some bird tracks probably like uh, uh egret or or you know a smaller uh species of heron or, or something similar and uh, there were some canine tracks, probably from people walking dogs and stuff, because you had some boot tracks and stuff out there, too. And then we noticed, though, towards the entrance where the thing would have come from, you know, as it, like just before it crossed the road, I noticed this single anomalous print in the, the ice, you know, and it's in ice. So we have our, our means of, of recording it are very limited. And so we, 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 we took some photos, but it looked like, a large naked footprint, you know, like a, a humanoid print where you can see the, the uh, individual toes and everything in it. And that was just very bizarre to me, you know, to have this large footprint like that um, in the ice in this area uh, seemed, seemed strange. And, uh, and otherwise though, um, in meeting these people, you know, it's one thing for somebody to read about a witness's experience in say my book or you know, an article on our website or, or something similar, but to meet people and see the nervousness, the fear sometimes, um, in relating these experiences that, that stay with them for days, weeks, months, years, um, it, uh, it's, it's very powerful. And this was one of those experiences. We, uh, we had to be very careful about preserving the identities of these particular people because, um, you know, they were professionals within this, this community. They had, you know, real careers and lives that could be turned upside down if someone were to find out that this man had had this, this monster sighting. And that's most people, frankly, you know, like there's a reason that a lot of these witnesses uh, with whom Emily and I interact, that they insist on anonymity. And I don't blame them much of the time. I, I wish that, you know, people didn't feel that way, but I, I understand why they do. And it's because I think that people have a pretty good idea at this point, the kind of risk that they're taking in being public about something like this, you know, because with this Woodstock case specifically, I remember there was a local reporter who reached out to us yeah. not, not long after. And uh, she was interested in speaking with these witnesses. And I, I said, look, I think they've said everything that, that they have to say about it, you know? Um, and she was sort of insistent and it very much seemed like the sort of 
circus that the media can sometimes turn these sightings into, where they turn it into this sort of like human interest you know, peace for and play it for laughs a little bit. And boy, that really would have turned these people's lives upside down. And so, you know, I just, I didn't respond. They were hesitant to talk to us. I even think that because it was a couple, one of them, I forgot who contacted. I think the wife contacted Lon. Yeah, and he didn't really want her to do that. And then I think it worked out better for him because it got it off his chest. So I think she was just like looking at his best interest, but for the media to do get into this, I think would, they had things to lose. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, it, it very much seemed to me in communicating with this reporter that she had no real interest in the case other than, you know, maybe getting some eyeballs on their website or, or their print newspaper or whatever. It very much seemed like the makings of a, of a media circus. And so yeah. I wasn't about to, to help her beyond that. And, and the couple had already made it very clear that they weren't interested, you know, beyond having their, their story published through us anyway. And so we just kind of just kind of left it at that guys let's break it here so much more to talk about and by the way tobias and emily will return with the after the paracast podcast part of the paracast plus so you'll want to check out that we have gene and emily and tobias and tim you're in the paracast are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Let's face it, food shortages are a real threat now. Supply chain breakdowns, inflation, fuel prices, global conflicts, fertilizer cutbacks, farmers being encouraged not to plant. The stage is set for the peanut butter to hit the fan. But for some reason, Americans are still in denial about food shortages. Listen, we don't take risks with other things in our lives, so why take risks with your food security? Those who know what's coming are using today to prepare. Millions of Americans have purchased Ready Hour Emergency Food from My Patriot Supply, the brand people look for when they're ready for real preparedness. MyPatriotSupply.com is America's largest preparedness company. Get stocked up on emergency food that lasts up to 25 years in storage to get you through tough times ahead. Your other choice is to stand in government food lines, hoping for a handout. As we both know, that's not an option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Hey trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your trading strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with artificial intelligence. Text the word money to 813-813 and discover how to predict stock market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to get what you need to stay ahead of markets and find your best entries and exits. Text the word money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Of course, my mind works in strange ways that people cannot discern. I was thinking Gene and Tim and Tobias and Emily. That's almost like a folk group from the 60s. <laughs> no, that, that makes a certain amount of sense. We're like the paranormal uh, traveling wilburys. There you go. <laughs> yeah, my problem with the traveling wilburys is that how many are still alive? Jeff Lynn? Jeff Lynn. Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan? Bob Dylan. That's it. I think that's it, yeah. Roy Orbison was the first to go. George Harrison. Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. The story behind that is so great and so wonderful, how that thing came together. And it's almost unbelievable how it did. And I'll just leave it there. In any case, I did want to mention before we get back with Tobias and Emily and talking about winged humanoids and other strange creatures of the night in the Midwest. We just got a copy here, brand spanking new copy of a book. Timothy Green Beckley's Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters. Of course, that's from our friends Sean Castile and Tim Swartz, but also a bunch of contributors there, and include Calvin Parker, by the way. Alejandro Rojas, Lon Strickler, people you've heard on the show, and also some guy named Steinberg. Never heard of him. No, I never did either. 
There's <laughs> some flash in the pan. Yeah, you know, figured he'll be around another 50, 60 years. That's it. Then he's kaput. In fact, that's my middle name, kaput, because they didn't have a real middle name. Tobias, before we get bent out of shape here, winged humanoids, do we use the Mothman term or what? You know, that's something that I, I really struggled with. Uh, there was a long time when we were covering these that I insisted on not calling it that. Um, I remember when the, the, the original uh, reports that sort of kicked everything off came out in spring of 2017, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a trio of reports that came into MUFON. And uh, MUFON wasn't able to follow up on them or, or, or anything. You know, I, I've communicated significantly with, uh, with, with Sam Maranto, uh, who's a, a very nice guy. And uh, so we have, you know, we've shared information sort of throughout the uh, in, investigative process. And, and yeah, MUFON was never able to, to follow up on, on those reports. But, but when they came out, you know, there was some of this initial comparison to the, the Point Pleasant, West Virginia sightings of the 60s. Um, but it didn't really go too far. Um, you know, I, I know I, I published in a, like just a short article for the Singular Fortean Society when they came out, and I definitely mentioned that and sort of you know tried to provide a little context um, through uh, that sighting flap. But you know, I also didn't think that uh, it was going to go anywhere. You know, I thought that those those first three sightings uh, were just going to be it, and that mm-hmm. would that was going to be the end of it. You know, especially because, you know, in talking to, to Sam, um, MUFON was never able to, to follow up on him. You know, like they were, the, the witnesses were emailed. I think they had some limited email communication, mm-hmm. but, but that was really it. Uh, but, of course, that's not what happened. And next thing you know, sightings are, are coming in, you know, left, right, and center. And uh, at that point, things, be you know, just picked up very, very, very quickly. And so I was adamant that I wasn't going to sensationalize what was happening. You know, I, I didn't think there was any value in it. And, uh, and it seemed like a very sort of tabloid thing to do. And I didn't want us to be a tabloid when it came to our news. Uh, at, at, at the very least, I, I wanted it to be um, objective, but also respectful without being dismissive. And so I used clunky phrases like winged humanoid or flying humanoid for months and months, you know, probably close to a year, year and a half, two years. Um, but there reached a certain point where there were enough similarities between what people were describing in terms of the core element of these sightings. That is to say, the uh, winged humanoid sightings that uh, seem to have the potential to be paranormal um, that were similar to the the Point Pleasant sightings in a way that I could no longer ignore. And it felt like the best way to contextualize these sightings would be to start referring to it as the, the, the Lake Michigan Mothman. Like, so at that point, rather than being sensationalistic, really what I'm doing is giving the reader an immediate impression of, of what this thing is, is closest to in terms of perhaps something they've, they've already heard of. And, uh, and so there's, there's this, this instant sort of understanding that, that, that comes from that without me having to explain a whole lot, you know? So they think Mothman, like, okay, so people are reporting this, you know, large winged humanoid with you know, glowing red eyes 
and there are potentially you know other paranormal elements to it up to and including uh, uh irrational fear and the feeling of being hypnotized uh you know almost possessed in some instances and in similar things and of course there were re- ufos being reported in, in in the same areas and then it comes out of you know we've gotten uh, other uh weird humanoid experiences being um reported in these same areas and so there's sort of a a plethora of uh, phenomena at this point, you know, happening in those same areas. And it was, it, it was fairly reminiscent, uh, again, strictly sort of in terms of what the actual witnesses were talking about back in, in, in the, the sixties, there are uh, elements missing from Keel's narrative, but that's not the standard to which, you know, I'm necessarily holding the, the, the definition or, or, you know, what have you of of Mothman? Really, what I was interested in was comparing witness report to witness report, mm-hmm. and based on that, Lake Michigan Mothman just seemed uh, to to fit the bill. Has a ring to it. It does have a ring to it as well. Also, certainly, it strikes at the public's attention. Ah, Mothman, that thing. But let me ask you in general here. Moving to that Mothman, Point Pleasant. Have you guys ever explored that case much? You know, it's it's certainly something that's been on my, my radar for a very, very long time. I, I read, you know, Keel's uh, Mothman Prophecies at a, a fairly young age. I think I was probably a teenager the first time I read it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've revisited it uh, several times since. Um, and, you know, uh, following that uh, much more recently, you know, I've been, been aware of uh, – uh, the work of, um, you know, uh, Seth Breedlove and, and Heather Mosier and, and Mark Matsky and everybody over at, uh, at small town monsters. And, you know, they've done some, some really incredible work, uh, exploring the, the cultural ramifications of, uh, of the Mothman sightings out in, out in a point pleasant. Um, and, and that's all just been fantastic. And so, you know, um, it's interesting to see, the effect that it's had on that area, you know, over the past, what, 50, almost 60 years, coming yeah. up on 60 in uh, a few years. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely something that, um, that, like I said, I've, I've, I've been aware of for, for some time. You know, I'd hesitate to call myself, you know, an expert on those sightings or anything, because I think there are a lot of people who have done a lot more work, um, surrounding them than 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 i have but leaning on those people uh, i you know i've i've certainly been exposed to a, a good amount of uh, of information surrounding that particular sighting flat you know in passing when you look at mothman prophecies that was probably the only book john keel wrote that represented a big payday and the reason it had a fairly big payday is because it was option for a movie yeah, I mean, certainly. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's heard of that. And, of course, the the movie. Well, I mean, it was, now, Mothman Prophecies, I, that was a, it was on the bestseller list back in the, the 70s, I think. Yeah, because it came out late 60s, or was it recently? No, it came out in the 60s. It, yeah, it came out in, in, in the early 70s. Right, okay. But I want to say it was it was on the New York Times bestseller list for uh, at, at least a while um, but yeah, no, I, certainly the, the big payday seems to be the, um, the, the movie, uh, Richard, uh, written by Richard Hatem, of course, and then starring Richard Gere. Um, and, you know, what's, what's unfortunate, of course, is the movie 
had lots of interesting elements, which I thought channeled some of the essence of what Keel was writing about, even though it was just basically a fantasy fiction movie. But the big point here, making it interesting, is that with all that, all that attention, it didn't even make back its budget. The usual budgetary requirement of a movie is twice the cost of production in order to begin to make a profit, unless it's a superhero movie where it's several times that. Of course, we're not talking about Hollywood pocketing money. They never lose money, even when they lose money. We've got Tobias and Emily and Gene and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We progressed, so I was asking Tobias and Emily about the original Mothman and things like that. We're into, shall we say, the final third of this episode, and then we get into after the Paracast. And we're talking about strange creatures for a bit. Tim, do you have any more questions to ask? Because I'd like to get their take on UFOs. Sure. 
just briefly, I, I, I want to you know continue with one more question about the whole uh, you know like uh, wing uh, weirdo types of uh, of sightings. It's almost as if you have like this huge pantheon of winged creatures because I, you know Illinois in the seventies had these multiple thunderbird sightings. You know, not not humanoid, but just you know like a g- giant birds. And when I say giant birds, not like an eagle or a vulture, but I mean birds that had like you know 20 30 possibly you know foot wingspans things like that then you have the the winged humanoids uh, there's also like in uh, in in Pennsylvania and, and and Ohio sightings of like winged gargoyle types of creatures so it leads to the suspicion that we're probably not dealing with um, flesh and blood creatures here. You know, I would, I would agree with that. I, I think that that can be said of a lot of, of cryptids, probably. Um, they are biological impossibilities based on everything we know about biology at, at this point. You know, you, you look specifically at a lot of the, the winged humanoids, and it doesn't make sense for them to be able to get off the ground. You know, uh, something with, say, you know, my, my body, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm six foot two, you know, uh, just over uh, 220 to 225. And for me to be able to get off of the ground, like with powered flight using wings that were a part of me, those, those wings would have to be what, 20, 25, 30, 30 feet, you know, some kind of wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah. (laughs) And so what, what you've got though, are, are these eyewitness reports of something, you know, seven or eight feet tall with maybe a 15 foot Mm -hmm. wingspan. It's pretty proportionate. (laughs) Right. And, you know, like you can look at a a bird, for instance, and sort of see why it's, it's able to fly, you know, Mm -hmm. even like a larger bird, like a a crane or a heron or something, their bodies are very compact, Mm -hmm. very small. They've got these spindly legs and hollow bones. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're able to, to, to take off, but you're talking about something with, with humanoid proportions. There's no way. There's just no way. They need the rocket suits. I don't know if you remember that. That was a yes. movie serial from the late 40s, around 1950, called King of the Rocket Men. And this guy wore this leather jacket, affixed a rocket kit behind it with a little button or a knob on his front. And he'd be able to jump in the air like Superman and fly with this rocket suit. Of course, we never understood how it was powered. But that's fine. They even took the character and made the same suit be part of Commando Cody. Trivia. Yeah, you get a rocket suit, you don't have to worry about having 20 feet of wing. Oh, totally. You know, there are a a myriad of, of potentialities, I think, to explain the the propulsion you know behind any of any of these these weird winged creatures um and yeah i think one of them certainly could be that there is uh something artificial about them you know Mm -hmm. uh maybe there there could be some sort of construct or some sort of suit or something similar uh the one caveat to that though that occurs to me immediately is that nobody ever reports anything 
like, you know, the illumination of thrusters or, you know, anything like uh, wind or, or, or any of the force that you would expect from, from that, that type of uh, propulsion system. Um, so, but you never know. I mean, we, we, we can get very weird with it. We can talk about like anti-gravity suits and, mm-hmm. and, and, and whatever people want, as long as we're just speculating about it. But of course, there's also the, the potentially paranormal element that's worth discussing certainly um you know it it could also be that there is some uh, interaction between uh these entities and the um what we perceive of as the physical universe that um is outside of our understanding of uh, our current understanding at least of of physics or or something similar where through which they Mm -hmm. they are capable of of flying in in a way that we would deem impossible um you know then of course you can you can consider the idea that uh there could be some sort of spiritual element um you know perhaps they are creatures of of consciousness um, you know, rather than than real uh, solid like physical matter, sure, or or anything um, uh, along those lines. But you know, you, you have to get pretty you, you have to be pretty open minded uh, when it comes to a lot of the these reports because absolutely on the surface they seem impossible. Um, but at the same time, I have credible people reporting their experiences to to me authentically you know like they're 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 doing their best to explain it as it happened to them and uh and so all things being equal you know i'm just not willing to to dismiss something as as impossible when uh an otherwise honest person is is uh in front of me telling me about it you know we had a couple of uh, large pterosaur sightings that came out of gary indiana of all places right yeah i mean i was talking to ken gerhardt about this just the other day we were at uh, the midwest conference on the unknown down in in cape Girardeau, and uh, we were talking about winged creatures and he was telling me how he had this huge database of thunderbird sightings because one of his big interests is is thunderbirds and how he took the average of of all of those sightings and the average wingspan reported of of these thunderbird sightings that he had was something like 14 feet and then you could look at like 20 feet as being the the higher end of the 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 uh, outliers as far as as what people were were reporting and you know and, and it, it sort of came up because he was telling me about this person who had reported you know a, a thunderbird with something like a, a 200 foot wingspan or, or, or something else equally <laughs> Im, implausible and uh, and I you know we were talking about it I said well you know I we've got a, a couple of uh, of uh, reported pterosaur sightings out of Gary, Indiana. That they're not 200 feet, but you know they're they're bigger than a, a, a Quetzalcoatl. You know, like which is a, a pterosaur that was the the largest pterosaur ever, the largest flying animal ever at like mm-hmm. a 30 foot wingspan. And uh, and what these witnesses had had described to me was seeing something with what they estimated to be like a 40 foot wingspan, which. You know, flying over Gary, Indiana doesn't seem likely in terms of of, of accuracy. But at the same time, you know, it was a husband and wife. They actually had sightings separately, and and I interviewed them separately, and um, and their stories were compelling in their sincerity, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, and so, you know, it's possible that what we're dealing with also is. Uh, 
uh, a slight inaccuracy in reporting. I think that like, you know, say let's, let's, let's use that, that 20 foot outlier, you know, that, that Ken was talking about as, uh, uh, as, as an example, you know, if, let's say somebody saw that, I mean, 20 feet, a wingspan, like that's, that's crazy big. That mm-hmm. is, that would be astounding to see, you know? So let's see, or, or, or let's say, you know, you see something with, with that kind of wingspan, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you if you described it as 30, 40 feet, especially because if, if you consider it is so difficult to judge the size of something in flight, you know, because you, unless you know the actual distance, because it's so difficult to gauge relative distance when you're looking at something in, in the air mm-hmm. and then from there extrapolate, you know, what the, the size of it would actually have to be with its wingspan and everything. Break time. The pause and refreshes. Tim, Gene, Tobias, Emily, you're in. The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S.com. My name is Stephen Hewer. In 1976, when I was 15 years of age, I was poisoned from two mercury dental fillings. The mercury came off these fillings in such high amounts that I went from having excellent health to having chronic constipation and candida overgrowth. I could barely eat any food for four years, which resulted in adrenal exhaustion by the age of 20. Despite years of diet experimentation, juice fasting, and intestinal cleansing, it was not until I took certain prescription sulfur amino acids that I healed my eliminatory function and eliminated my candida overgrowth. Later, it was not until I began to consume green Meadow Way that I eliminated my mercury burden 100%. Had Green Meadow Way existed in 1976, I could have healed my gut and body decades earlier. Green Meadow Way supplies a very high concentration of the sulfur amino acids needed to fuel glutathione production. Glutathione removes mercury and virtually all other toxins from the body. Set your body free from the burden of heavy metals and environmental toxins with Green Meadow Way. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net or call 888-988-3325. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? 
I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I was thinking, Tobias, as you were going on there with a description of these birds and their mechanism or bird men, and their mechanism of flying, it may just be magic. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where the sort of spiritual element comes in, right? You know, if or however you want to conceive of magic. I mean, I think there are probably some uh, agnostic people who believe in, in magic uh, who would relate it more to consciousness than than spirituality per se. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, magic works as, as well as anything to, to sort of describe... Uh, any potential interaction between consciousness and the universe that we don't currently understand, Mm -hmm. especially if it involves consciousness having an effect, like a direct effect on the, the, the universe. And that's why I like to speculate sort of about beings of consciousness right so like what that would mean if there were you know this sort of ecosystem of consciousness right Uh, within which were multiple entities sort of just comprised of consciousness what what would that be like you know what would they be capable of doing how would they interact with us and i think that um in in a lot of ways if if you're willing to to go down the the weird road of that particular thought experiment you know um i think it would explain a lot of the potentially paranormal aspects of of these weird sightings yeah i think it's possible Mm -hmm. oh for sure and certainly that's something that, that we've incorporated somewhat into our own uh, investigation techniques, you know, where uh, we'll use our, our spirit boxes in the Kettle Brain Safe Forest, for, uh, for, for instance, or, or maybe uh, perform like an, an Estes method experiment. Uh, you know, we had a, a couple of CE5 sessions out there. Uh, I've brought tarot cards before. Sure. Absolutely. And so, you know, just exploring that, that potential uh, connection, I think, is 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 interesting, if, if nothing else, and 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 quite frankly, we don't seem to have uh, many tools uh, outside of human perception and memory to either detect or record these events. And so, certainly, I think um, you know, 
playing around with with consciousness somewhat can can be valuable and it might be the best chance we have of actually experiencing something because a lot of our otherwise uh, you know expensive and and uh, very uh, scientific equipment doesn't seem to be of of much good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Estes method. Uh, now, that's uh, that's an interesting thing that uh, seems to be uh, gaining popularity uh, recently. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's there are certain people who, who are going to cringe at how many times I just said consciousness in the last <laughs> you know three minutes or so. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's it's a very useful technique for doing. Two things, you know, I, I think it, it, it gets the, the person sort of acting as the receiver in, in the right state of mind through sensory deprivation. And, and, and I think that because of that, then you can get results that, that are more interesting and, and I think potentially uh, more credible, at, 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 at least to a, a, a certain uh, or at least from a, a, a certain viewpoint than your, your standard spirit box session. Although we, we've also had a lot of interesting results from the, the, the spirit box. I mean, I think they, they both have pros and cons. I mean, the, the pro for the, the, just a spirit box, of course, I think is um, being able to have multiple people verify that, that something was heard. Uh, the, the con there is, uh, um, you know, you run the risk of people sort of yes anding each other into deciding, you know, something was heard uh, if mm-hmm. if maybe it's it's a little questionable. And then with the the, the Estes method, of course, um, you know, you have like you can uh, narrow it down so you don't you don't have to worry about multiple people sort of of, of contaminating everybody's opinion by by leading each other through this sort of like group agreement towards a, a specific result, regardless of its veracity. But at the same time, you're relying on one person to listen and interpret what's what's coming through the, the spirit box. And because of that, uh, you could potentially miss out on something that they don't hear. They might hear it wrong. They might misinterpret it, you know, so on and so forth. And so I think probably a decent mix of both is, is your best bet. But Back to my, my, my point about the, the Estes method and uh, the altered state of consciousness that it sort of creates. You know, I found in my research and, and in our uh, investigations that it almost seems like an altered state of, of consciousness it is, is more common than it isn't, frankly, um, when it comes to uh, people reporting um, weird sightings. You know, like, for instance, and, and, and the other thing is, you know, people don't seem to realize how common altered states of consciousness are. You know, they, they are they're very common. I mean, everything from sleep to, you know, the state of falling asleep or waking up or uh, meditation, uh, daydreaming. These are all altered states of consciousness. Like there's something called highway hypnosis, right? I think we've probably all heard of that. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a form of altered consciousness it is an altered state of of consciousness and so what's interesting to me is how many of these reports we get where people are just sort of about going about their business often driving um often driving uh alone uh late at night in relatively isolated areas when they have their their sighting and i can't help but speculate that there might be an, an element of uh of uh relevance to the altered state of consciousness 
in their experience. You know, if it's uh, if if for whatever reason it makes uh, one more conducive to to witnessing these these things, uh, more aware of them, who knows? But it, it yeah, it, it all certainly seems to play some kind of role. I mm-hmm. think. When you're talking about um, altered states of consciousness, you know, it it makes me think also along the lines of, you know, the multiple sightings of all kinds of different creatures and the UFO phenomena. When you have multiple different kinds of shapes and sizes of of craft being seen to the things seen uh, uh, coming out of them. I mean, have uh, uh, have your investigations taken you along these lines as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, everything from like my my uncle's sighting of that that weird rock-like UFO, um, which in, in all other aspects just sort of perform like a, a, a normal UFO. Well, you know, as normal as, as they get, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> they sort of you would expect from one of these, like, uh, uh, flying object sightings, you know, where he described seeing this, this small black dot, and he got closer and closer and closer until he could see what it was. And it looked like these like this round, you know, rocky uh, meteor thing. And then having it take off. Now, if, if you replace that, that rocky spherical object with a flying saucer or something, yeah. then that would be, you know, just a, a normal UFO narrative. That would be mm-hmm. exactly what you would expect somebody to say, you know, if they saw something like that. And so, you know, certainly I think that explains a lot of the, the high strangeness, you know, because certainly like seeing that kind of UFO, I would put in the realm of high strangeness because that is just bizarre. This is not going to be bizarre, folks, but we do have Emily and Tobias and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Renowned author Salman Rushdie remains hospitalized as his attacker is formally charged in a courtroom in western New York. 24-year-old Hadi Matar pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and assault for his alleged attack on the 75-year-old Rushdie. Rushdie remains hospitalized on a ventilator and will likely lose an eye. 
He has been the subject of death threats for more than three decades since his novel, The Satanic Verses, was released. Former President Donald Trump said the trove of documents taken from his Florida estate had been declassified. According to an inventory taken, FBI agents took about 20 boxes of items from Mar-a-Lago, including a variety of classified materials. The warrant used to execute the search was unsealed Friday. Trump wrote that all of the materials taken were declassified and that federal agents didn't have to seize anything, accusing authorities of playing politics. This is USA Radio News. The family of a soldier who was killed at a military base near Killing, Texas, is suing the government. Vanessa Guillen was killed by a fellow soldier in 2020 at Fort Hood. A military investigation found that she was also sexually harassed and that leaders failed to take appropriate action. The lawsuit narrative says she told family that she didn't report the incidents, fearing retaliation. Her family is seeking $35 million. The State Department is telling citizens in Mexico to shelter in place due to fires, roadblocks, and police activity in several towns, including Tijuana, Mexicali, and Rosarito. The towns are in the Mexican state of Baja, California, where gang violence erupted late Friday and early Saturday. The U.S. consulate asking citizens to take multiple steps to protect themselves. Exercise bike maker Peloton told employees that 780 jobs will be cut, prices are going up, and a significant number of its stores will be closing in a bid to become profitable. You're listening to USA Radio News. Did you know that you could easily be saving up to 90% on your taxes by simply making a phone call? That's right. The Fortune 500, the globalists, all the big billionaires and millionaires, they know about the loopholes written into the law where most of them pay almost zero tax. In fact, many of them pay no tax. You even see it on the news. How are they able to do that? But the common person can. So whether you're a school teacher, a lawyer, a scientist, a millionaire, a billionaire, or whether you're just a regular blue-collar worker, everybody should learn about the legal, lawful loopholes. And we've got an organization and a group that I am so proud to be working with, American Tax Solutions. GCN has a special deal with them to get you the best rates. Here's the most important part. They save you money and then get part of the savings. This is an absolute win-win solution. You've got to give them a call at 855-907-4841 or GCN Tax Cut. That's GCNTaxCut.com. The only way you miss out is not making the phone call. Make it now. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, Tobias... Regardless of what shape a UFO appears to be in, doesn't change the fact that it's a UFO and also the fact that people may see things differently. Yeah, certainly. You know, and, and, and that's something I think we need to, to take into consideration is individual perception. You know, going back to that Pilsen uh, neighborhood in Chicago sighting where the man, you know, was sure that he had seen something paranormal uh in that you know he thought he had seen this this uh bat like humanoid thing Mm -hmm. you know we 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 have to if we can rule out those types of perceptual uh inaccuracies and you know and, and, and there are there are ways to do that um you know for for me in particular uh i think there's something to be said 
in examining the details of, of somebody's sighting to try to, at the very least, you know, rule stuff like that out, you know. So there is that uh, that profile of sightings that I, I discussed earlier that are likely misidentified, just misidentified large bird species. And so basically, you know, they, they, they have some, some commonalities. So if somebody reports seeing a flying humanoid during the day uh, with no other potentially paranormal phenomena surrounding it, and uh, they see it from far away, and it's in the, the air the entire time, then those are most likely to be a, a misidentified bird. And so from there, we, we can apply that to, to anything, you know, be it a UFO sighting or a Bigfoot sighting or, or anything else. You know, what you want to ask people is, okay, well, you know, uh, how far away do you think you were? How long did the sighting last? And you know, if, if you've got something where somebody was very far away and the sighting was, was, was very, very quick, then the, the relative accuracy of their testimony just uh, in describing the object itself is probably uh, not going to be as good as someone who saw an object much, much closer for a, a greater length of, of time. You know, also when it comes to, to multiple witnesses of a, a, a single uh, craft or, or object or something. Now you'll have a variation in in, in descriptions, but often um, I, I don't know that the variation is is more than what one might expect. You know, for multiple people, you know, seeing something. Um, however, you know, I don't think that just multiple perspectives would allow for the sheer variety that we see in in ufos stay mm-hmm. specifically you know like we've seen uh with our our own eyes out in the, the kettle moraine state forest like uh anomalous balls of of light now uh those certainly seem to be much much different than say the tic tac ufo you know from that uh that 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 flare footage that was so famously you know released in in 2017 you know it would be much different from uh people who have reported uh you know flying saucers or cigar shaped objects or you know large triangles or anything similar to the point where i would say they either aren't the same thing which i i think is probably likely uh, or at the very least, uh, something is making a deliberate effort to obfuscate them and, and make them appear to be different. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, gosh, it was a couple of years ago, uh, a gentleman who was out taking um, beauty shots, and he had a, a, a very um, um, expensive camera and afterwards when he got back home he noticed something in the distance in the sky and when he zoomed in on it uh, you know being a a pretty high definition photo it looked like a giant sunflower in the sky the head of a sunflower uh, with leaves so I mean, you know, you're talking about you know your 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 uncle who saw the uh, the, the the boulder in the sky that looked that acted like a UFO. You know, here this guy was able to take a photograph of a giant sunflower. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean that 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 is. I mean I I don't know. Like I I think the mind sort of struggles to to 
place that, you know, to, to, or try to uh, explain it. You know, I don't know. Of, of, of course, there's probably all all sorts of, um, you know, pseudo scientific explanations that people could come up with, like, uh, you know, strange uh, reflections in the, the camera lens or or uh, temperature inversions or who knows. But, yeah, no, that is that is bizarre. The 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 Philip Philip class method of uh, <laughs> dismissing <laughs> you know objects. Oh well, you know he it was a hoax or a tornado ripped up a sunflower and threw it in the sky. You know, yeah. there's always always some kind of uh, uh, prosaic explanation <laughs> to these things. Wait a minute, I just thought tornadoes ripping mm. sunflowers. You know, those sunflowers can cause a lot of damage. <laughs> think about it think about the sunflower damage imagine if a sunflower hits your car and you go to the body shop and they do an estimate for the insurance company so what was this it was a sunflower okay but it's six thousand dollars damage <laughs> well, those stories and I, I i don't know how much of them are, are tall tales but i i would suspect quite a few of uh, tornadoes doing things like throwing a single piece of hay through a barn door or something. So, yeah, I mean, under those circumstances, I mean, that uh, that, that sunflower would go through your car like a rocket. <laughs> well, and, you know, there's also, when you're talking about uh, the, uh, the the whole, you know, flying uh, humanoids uh, situations, I mean, there have been, you know, throughout UFO history, sightings of uh people flying around in the sky without any wings or anything like that. They just, you know, uh, appear to be somebody just, you know, flying to the through the sky. Some flying like, you know, your traditional superheroes and some just uh, gliding along uh, upright. Uh, Fortean Times had a whole article a few years back uh, about these sightings, you know, around the world. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, they, they have been going on for, for some time. I remember you know, we received a report from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, this would have been a, a couple of years ago from a, a gentleman who said that he was walking home um, along some uh, railroad tracks through this, this wooded area or by some, some railroad tracks uh, through this, this wooded area. And he encountered this, uh, humanoid being on what he described as a, sort of a flying scooter, you know, like a, a, a well, maybe a, a flying moped would be more appropriate. Like the ones you see in Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Um, it was it was very short. Um, and so, you know, like literally, if, if, if you can picture a moped with 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 no wings, um, flying with 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 somebody, or I'm sorry, with with with, with no wheels rather. I, I don't think they come standard. I remember with wings. drawing the art the article of this one. Yes, yep. And so you've got this base, like basically this this small chassis with a light on the front of it and some handlebars, and uh, this humanoid was was sitting on it. And I don't think the guy could get a, that good of a look at the humanoid because of the light. And uh, and he described how he got basically chased out of these woods. And what was really interesting about it too, beyond the, you know, flying moped was the way he described the woods around him while it was happening as though the trees themselves like sort of came alive 
mm-hmm. you know, and he felt like threatened even by them until he could get completely out of this area. And he related it to um, one of the uh, Mexican flying humanoid sightings because they, you know, they were very popular in, in, in Mexico just what, 10, 20 years ago. We're not going to wait another 10 or 20 years for these announcements. With Tobias and Emily, Gene and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April. My husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. 
As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to The Paracast. Just thinking of that vocal group, if we could all sing... It'd be nice. Emily, do you sing? I actually do. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, Tobias? I mean, not well. There is that. <laughs> oh, well. It was a thought, you know, a way to make a few million dollars. Bring back the sound of the early 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think there's a market for that. Yeah. <laughs> Flying mopeds. I want to hear the remainder of that that story. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's sure. a great story. Yeah. And so he uh, he he related it to one of the more famous uh, fl- uh, flying humanoid sightings out of, out of Mexico that that there was uh, footage of and, and everything. And so uh, he he told me that he had seen a, a photograph in a, a magazine of this particular flying humanoid, and that's what he sort of related his sighting to. It was interesting, to, to say the least, um, just sort of the otherworldly nature of, of his sighting was uh, interesting to me in how sort of exaggerated it, it, it was. And, and I don't mean that he was embellishing or anything. I just mean exaggerated over what we would normally expect, even in a sighting as, as weird as that, you know, where the trees seem to come alive. And, you know, he was frightened that, like, because he felt like the trees themselves, like, were sort of reaching out for him during the sighting as he ran away. The whole thing was just very, very odd. It, it, it certainly seemed to have that, uh, that, that Oz factor that comes with the, the, the most uh, bizarre, you know, sort of high strangeness cases, you know, where he really sort of felt like he had just been temporarily transported into another world. And maybe he had been, frankly. Uh, I think that makes a, a certain amount of sense uh, that he might have uh, temporarily slipped into another universe or something, overlapping this one, you know, just where he walked through sort of this soft part, this overlap where he just was briefly in the, the wrong universe. It's a fascinating sighting. To me, it sounds very similar to a story that was told to me that was somewhat described as kind of like a, a, a time slip event where this couple had gone, you know, for a hike in the woods and they were going to go to uh, hike up this path to a, a ranger uh, a tower. But when they got there, the tower looked like it had been abandoned. It was boarded up. Uh, and then as they progressed, the sky grew darker. 
The trees seemed to close in on them. It got colder. They felt this overwhelming uh, presence of oppression. And they almost felt like that if they took one small step, that they would be lost forever. Plus, I mean, this was an area that they had been on quite a bit, but they they felt completely lost. They didn't recognize anything. And they finally came to this one part that they recognized. And as soon as they crossed it, all of a sudden they were back, you know, the, the sky was bright blue again. They felt completely normal. When they turned around, the path was completely different than the one that they had previously been on. But it was that aspect of the trees closing in and that, that feeling of oppression sounds very similar to the case that you just related to us. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would say eerily similar, frankly. And, and that's always very interesting to me. There's, there's a level of uh, corroboration, you know, in, in hearing in account describing uh, certain aspects of, of other accounts that, that, that we've received so, so closely. So, yeah, it certainly seems like they temporarily were somewhere else. And mm-hmm. luckily, they came back. <laughs> well, it makes you wonder also if some of these cryptid sightings, it's happening in reverse. You know, that these things are from some other, you know, timeline or whatever and accidentally step into our world and feel just as lost as some of the people who, you know, have had the same experience and have managed to make it back. And God forbid, you know, if there are people who have disappeared and never make it back. Oh, definitely. I mean, certainly some of them act as though they're out of place. You know, I'm I'm reminded of like the Flatwoods monster, right, where I'm sure it it looked scary. But in my mind, I I just always picture it, you know, with his arms reached out and it's sort of uh, floating towards the witnesses going like, excuse me, can you give me directions? And they're just terrified because they have no idea what it's saying. It looks like a monster. So they just take out like take off (laughs) out of there, right? I think that's a very, very fascinating possibility, and it certainly uh, explains quite a bit. You know, I think, you know, there could be a a mixture of things going on there. You know, maybe some of them are accidental interlopers into into our universe. Uh, Maybe sometimes we are into theirs. Maybe sometimes we're just able to see temporarily into another place or or time or or something similar. You know, there are a a myriad of, of possibilities, I think. Well, there's oftentimes when people see these things that the creatures, when they notice that they're being seen, act surprised. Like, whoops, they're not supposed to see me. <laughs> I've heard that a lot from people. It's like, you know, they'll say it got a surprised look on its face when it noticed I could see it. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that has been the case. I, I remember... Um, I spoke to a young woman out of Janesville, Wisconsin, who wanted to relate her uh, her alien abductee experience. This was I had never heard something like this uh, in, in in all of my years. It it, it it sticks with me. Or she had fallen asleep on uh, on the couch in her living room one night and awoken to a uh, light coming in through the front of the house. And she so she thought maybe her roommate was coming home, and so. She went to go check the door to make sure it was unlocked for her and everything since suddenly she was up anyway. And so they had one of those sort of like, you know, half walls that like wraps around in front of their door. So you can't see the front door until you walk around this little wall. And, you know, she got about halfway there and she's like, oh, what if it's a burglar? But, you know, she, she kept going anyway. And she gets around and, and, and she goes around this, this little wall. 
uh, to the front door. And when she does, she sees what she then described to me as sort of your typical gray alien. She described it as being short and thin with an oversized uh, ovaloid head and that it had these big black eyes. But this is what was interesting to me and what when what really stuck out when she sees this thing she's so surprised that she screamed she said she screamed at, at the top of her lungs and when she did that then it screamed i so, remember this yeah, story. so she screams at it then it's surprised it screams at her and then she takes off running you know what we'll be screaming if we don't begin to wrap things up but tobias and emily will be back they'll be back for after the Paracast. In the meantime, guys, tell our listeners if they want to know more about your singular 40-inch society, where do they go? Oh, definitely. I'll let Emily handle that because she does a lot of the social media. So she Sure, really yeah. So we have our main website is singular40in.com. We've got our, you know, our feature articles on there, weird news, all that good stuff. And then you can pretty much find us on all social media platforms, and the handle would be at, like the at symbol, singular Fortian, just all one word together. And then if you're interested in what we do a little bit more and want to dig in deeper with us, you can join the society at patreon.com slash singular Fortian. And we're also on YouTube. You can find us there just by searching the Singular Fortian Society. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Paracast group and a Paracast fan club, and they won't let us put the URL there. But you know what? Tim Swartz has the same problem with ConspiracyJournal.com. They do not want to know the truth. You can find branded merchandise for the Paracast at theparacast.shop. It's lots of really good stuff, including the T-shirts and the throw pillows and four different logos. You can get one item in each one, at theparacast.shop. Check out the Paracast Plus, a special subscription streaming service with this show free of the network ads, plus the After the Paracast podcast, where things are unpredictable, and Tobias and Emily will be back for that. So you'll definitely want to hear it. To sign up, just go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus for quick sign-up screens. By the way, we have a special offer. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you'll get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions to the Paracast Plus, the Paracast Dot Plus. Tobias and Emily, so much fun to meet you. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having us. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.